Well, it's a new Twins season. If you're a Twins fan, hopefully uh, hope springs eternal. As that season starts, there's months to go. It's early, early, early. But there's no doubt about the goal, is there? It's to win enough games to win the division, to get to the World Series and win it all. And if you were around on that one or two occasions in our lifetimes when the Twins have done that, it's pretty awesome. But that goal began on the first day of training camp, didn't it? When the pitchers and catchers reported to Fort Myers. And they start limbering up their arms and tossing the ball back and forth. Everything that's been done since then is all about getting to that goal. And those who understand sports know that that training camp is a critical part of getting to that goal. Whether that's the Vikings in Mankato or the Twins in Fort Myers or wherever the wild <laughs> have training camp. Sorry, I don't know. But it all begins there. And that, in a sense, is what I want to talk about today. God has a game for us, and he wants us to win it. Um, we've been looking at this graphic of live it. And we've come to believe that it captures what he has for us. Can we say the World Series? I don't know. But it's his goal for us. As Paul said in his communion meditation, it starts, it's all about Jesus. Because it is he who is the Savior, he who is the Son of God. He is the one thing we have to offer people that the YMCA doesn't have, or the Lions, or the Kiwanis, or traveling baseball, or anything else we get involved with, which are good things. But we have one thing to offer people, and that is Jesus, and all that Jesus offers us, and wants to do in our lives. And out of that, we believe Jesus helps us be a community inside here, and how we treat each other, and care for each other, and serve each other, and and all of that, but also being Jesus out in that community. Making a difference. Whether that's offering a cakewalk or housing homeless people this week. Whatever we may do. And it's not just here, it's around the world. Whether that is sponsoring children through compassion, mission trips, missionaries we support. But God says, I need you to live this out, this faith. Live it out. And that's what he has for each of us to do. But for us to do that, it is a collective group, all of us. But we're made up of individuals. And there is a sense in which for us to accomplish that, to, to win that game, we have to learn, we have to prepare. No different than the Twins have to show up or any other sports team has to show up and learn and practice and prepare and get better. 
Because if we don't do that, then we're never going to win. We're never going to get the job done. We're never going to get to where we want to go, where God wants us to go. And that's why I want us to think a little bit about church being training camp. Sort of to compare those two. Church is not just where we come to attend, check a box, go home. We can do that. We've maybe all been there or we've seen churches. We've seen people who do that. But God wants church to be so much more for us than just a checkbox. He wants it to be a place where we do come. And we not only connect to each other, but we learn, we grow. We are different people because of coming here. And that's why I wanted to compare it to a training camp. It's as we come here that we learn about God, Jesus. What it means to live as a child of God. What, what is this scripture, this Bible all about? And what has it got to say about living life this week? Whether I'm at work or at home with my family or the relationships I have with friends. What I do in my free time with my friends. Does God have anything to say to all of that? We hear the offer of a new life. And we talk about that a lot. Jesus says, I've come so you can have life more abundantly, life to the full. And we say, I want that. Who wants to win the World Series? The twins all say, I want that. But guess what? It has to start in training camp or you'll never get to the World Series. And that new life that Jesus offered isn't just a magic wand that he waves and you're changed. What he does say is, I will come and I will work in your life as we learn, as we grow that spiritual training camp. And if you show up to training camp, Jesus says, I will help you learn and grow and experience this new life. It's a win-win in the sense of we grow individually, and as we grow individually, the whole church grows and matures. It's not an accident that our logo has an oak leaf at its heart. And that's not only because we live in an area that has a gazillion oak trees. It is also because we believe as a church we should be in the business of helping people become spiritual oaks. Big, mighty, strong trees, lots of shade, live a long time, have a huge impact. And that that's part of what God wants to do at this place called Andover Christian Church. That we become this training camp where people who come here, they do change. They grow. They leave different people. They learn about walking with God. They learn about living as a child of God in His kingdom here. And not just in this building. But when we leave these doors and we go to school, or we go to work, or we go into our neighborhoods, or we go to our circle of friends... How do we live as God's child there? How do we live an abundant life there?
And as we help individual Christians who come here grow and learn, our whole church is stronger. And in one sense, that's the only way as a church we will ever get to a point where we can live it. Only if we're helping all of the individuals here grow and change spiritually, then we as a church are stronger as well. Not all churches understand this. Not all Christians understand this. The church the book of Hebrews was written to didn't get it. They didn't see themselves as a training camp. And if they did see themselves as a training camp, they were failing. And so the writer of Hebrews actually sort of calls them on the carpet and says, Hey, let's review why you're there and what's supposed to be happening. Turn over with me, if you will, to Hebrews 5. I want to read the end of chapter 5 and a little bit in chapter 6. Think of this if this was written to us, of, of how humbling it would be to hear this. The writer says, we have much more to say about this to you. He's talking about spiritual truths we want to teach you. We want to say to you things that will help you. We have much more to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. You're not trying to learn. You're not trying to grow. In fact... Verse 12, though by this time you ought to be the teachers, you still need someone to teach you the basic truths of God's word all over again. You're still drinking milk, not solid food. Now anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, the, the, the stuff we want to teach you. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Who've gone to training camp, who've learned, who've grown. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. And of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. Interesting description of a church, isn't it? Where they had said, we like the basics, we like this good news about Jesus, let's just stay there. And let's talk about Jesus and what he did for us and his death on the cross and our sins are forgiven. Because we like that. It's comfortable. We get to celebrate again and again how I'm forgiven. And the writer of Hebrews says it's not that that's bad or wrong. It's just that as Christians, once we get that basic foundation laid, the challenge is for us to keep growing. To leave the milk of the basics of faith in Christ and to move beyond that milk to start eating some sirloin, some ribs, 
some really good roast, some filet mignon, where you just got to take a little bit of bite because there's so much meat there, you just want to savor it. The writer says that's what we should be doing spiritually. That we should be taking in and learning and growing because there's more to learn. But we can't learn that if we don't learn the basics and then don't stay there. But we keep growing and we move on. Their church wasn't a training camp. And because of that, they weren't making progress spiritually. They weren't going to the next level. And they weren't experiencing all that they, God wanted to show them and teach them. And they weren't able to do what God wanted them to do. He said, you should be the teachers by now. But you can't. Because you haven't learned the basics. And you haven't moved on to deeper stuff. And that was the writer's challenge. We're working through four priorities. And today we come to the third one. One of the priorities for this church to move as God wants us to move, we are convinced, is that we intentionally are a church that is working to create genuine disciples. Not just church members. Not just people who have accepted Christ and had that basic foundation, which is important and we need that. But that we are a church that helps people move on, keep growing, learn more about God and about how He wants us to live and what He's doing in our world and what we do with the evil in our world and how we respond and how Jesus would have handled that and how we handle that. And, and on and on it goes, the things God wants to show us. Because that is when we will have changed lives and be transformed and understand this life more abundantly that Jesus offered us. As we as a church work to help people grow so that collectively we all grow, then we win. We individually as Christians, as we grow and are eating spiritual meat and loving it, I don't remember as a baby. I'm sure I loved milk as a baby. But now that I've tasted filet mignon, I really don't want to go back. I'm okay with staying with filet mignon or ribs or whatever you love that's adult food. A nice taco that's hot and spicy. I want to stay there. And I think that's the same truth for us spiritually. Once we understand what God really wants to show us, we're going to say, I'm glad we moved on. These new things I'm understanding, I don't want to lose that. The things God is showing me, the things I've learned about life, about relationships, about going to work and finding purpose at work because God is there. All of these things He's showing me, I don't want to go back. I now have a relationship with a child that I'm sponsoring in Brazil. I don't want to give that up. I went on a mission trip and I don't want to give that up. God has taken me further and I don't want to go back. And that's God's call to us, to be that kind of church. Now what would that look like? Well, I... 
Can we go back and think about a training camp for a little bit? We'll stick with baseball. It's right now. I think there's a lot about that analogy that fits us. I honestly, I've never been to training camp. My baseball skills were never at that level. But I understand that at training camp, you have all, ages, all levels of people there, skill levels. You have the veterans who are there, who have played, who have maybe won a Super, uh, a Super Bowl, a World Series ring, who've been elected to the All-Star game, and they're there. You have the guys who are returning for their second and third year. They've made some progress, they've learned some things, but they're ready to really break out. And you got the newest rookie, and not the number one in the draft, but the 30th in the draft, who can't believe they are at a professional baseball team's training camp. And they just try and not let their jaw drop too much as they're looking around. I am here. This is amazing. And all of that is what training camp is about. And they're learning from each other, and the veterans are training the others. And some are nearing retirement and saying this is probably their last season. But those rookies just can't wait. And the, and the guys who've been there a few years, it's like this is the year. I'm going to the All-Star game. And all of that together, they're learning and talking about why are we here this year. This year. And they're working as a team, and they're working individually to get better, to win. You know, I think church is supposed to be that way. Every church is a collection of people on a spiritual journey. With God, following Jesus. And we have all of those people here as well. The veterans. And we have some of those, the, the all-stars. Who some who are rookies look at them and say, wow. They open that Bible and they know what it's about. That's amazing. They pray and it's like they really know God. They're talking to God. How do you do that? And they, they stand up and they give a meditation or they teach a class or they go on a mission trip or they work over here. And they just go out and do those things, and the rookie's like, oh, wow, how do you do that? But you see, what we forget is they were rookies one day, too. And like any healthy training camp, we also need those rookies who, please don't be embarrassed, rookies. You're rookies. The book of Malachi, where in the heck is that? Is it in the Bible? And, and pray. I, I'm struggling to pray silently, let alone pray out loud. And, and, and go work at Family Promise and deal with homeless people. That scares me to death. And, and on and on the rookie fears go. And maybe a little rookie embarrassment. Don't watch me throw, please. But that's okay. You see, any healthy team needs those rookies. And you're not ashamed of them. What you do is you look at those rookies and say, maybe that will be our next star. Not now. We look at their potential, not what they're doing already. And we say, what will God do with her? What will God do with him? 
And that's what church is supposed to be. As we help people learn to love God, learn to live as His child, learn to let God use them. You see, one of the challenges, like any team, is also true of a church. People retire. People get traded. People die. And what any team needs is there needs to be this process where we're raising up the next generation. We're raising up the next batch of leaders, the next batch of those who will work in the community or work in missions or help with worship or work with the youth or the children. Every time I do the funeral of what I will call a saint, one of the church's stars, at some point in that funeral, I always have that thought, who will replace her? Who will replace him? You see the impact they have had with their life. You see the level they're at now as they're that mature veteran. And you see all the lives they're touching. Who will replace them? But you see, that's always been the challenge of the church. Every church faces that. And every one of us needs to ask ourselves, am I the one God wants to train to be that replacement? No, you're not there now. But that doesn't mean God hasn't already said, I've drafted you, and someday that's what I need you to be. You see, that's why we talk about creating genuine disciples. That we are about that. We've talked about let me go one more. We're looking at these four priorities, and what I want you to see is how this all works together. The first priority we talked about three weeks ago is that I'm calling it that blue line, but that first priority is we depend on God. We're not doing this in our own power. And we won't get anywhere as a church, not anywhere significant. We won't really shake this world for Christ if we don't depend on God, not ourselves. And the second thing we talked about last week, and I like to use the green line, that weaves move together, and that is we've got to be connected. We're only going to do this if we work together, and that's what a training camp is all about. And so if we're working and walking in God's leading and God's power, and we're working together because we're connected it's natural that it flows on to the next priority, and that is that we are a place where people really become genuine disciples. And that that is a priority for us because we understand we are a training camp, a spiritual training camp, and God needs us to be a place that makes genuine disciples, where people come here and they leave differently. It's a commitment we've made as a leadership to say, we need to do this. We've recruited three people to lead a new discipleship team that will focus on this specifically. And I want to invite you today, if God puts it on your heart, that you want to help. 
a team that will step back and say, okay, let's, let's erase the whiteboard. We live in 2016, and it's a different world. People have different schedules. They have different lives. Everything has changed. We still have to make genuine disciples. How do we do that? Does Sunday school look totally different? Does Wednesday night look different? Do small groups look different? Do we need to use the internet more? What do we do? What God has called us to do is be a place where people really grow spiritually. A training camp that produces all-stars. So how are we going to run training camp? I think it's an exciting opportunity It's an opportunity where the leadership has said, we know we may need to erase the whiteboard and start over, and that's okay. What's important isn't that we keep doing what we've always done. What's important is that we create genuine disciples here. And what's that going to take to do? We've got three people who've said, we'll we'll help organize this and lead this. But they need some help, some others who will come alongside them. Some folks who are committed to discipleship but willing to think outside the box and say, what do we do here? And that connections card, if you're one of those people that wants to help with that, write your name on there, please. And say, I want to help. It's not just that discipleship team, though. Please understand that. This is something for every team, every group, If you're a part of this group, how how can we help people grow spiritually as we come together and work? As as we lead worship every week and we have worship rehearsals, how can we help people grow spiritually while we're doing our ministry? If we go on a mission trip, how can we help people grow spiritually while we're on that mission trip? If we go camp out in the Boundary Waters for a week, Can we sit around a fire and not just talk about the fish we caught, but talk about something spiritual? So people are growing while they're here on this week? You see, it's all of our priorities. Every team, every ministry. How can we help people grow spiritually while they're here? Because as a church, we want to be a training camp where people become mature disciples. And that's what we're about. But there's a personal challenge in this as well. Training camp won't help if you don't come to camp. And we see that in sports and we see the contracts and the, and the arguments and the holdouts and all of that. But bottom line, it's pretty much accepted. You don't show up at training camp. It's not going to be good. And the truth is, that's true for every one of us spiritually. We can work very hard as a church to be a church that is a training camp. And that is here to help people grow spiritually. But we also have to each individually decide to show up at training camp. Take advantage of the opportunities that are offered to us. The classes, the groups, whatever it might be that will help us grow spiritually. And the degree to which we show up at training camp and take advantage of what God is offering us, 
is going to directly relate to how much we grow spiritually. How much we experience that new life. So I would like to leave you with a challenge today. A challenge as a church that we will be a church where people grow spiritually here. It is accepted. It is expected. And that we will make it a priority. That we will be that kind of church. How can you help? Is it by showing up to training camp? Is it by helping with this discipleship team? Is it by talking at your ministry team? How can we disciple more here in what we're already doing? We all have a piece in this. And the great news is, when you win the World Series, everybody on the team gets a ring. It doesn't matter who actually hit the home run. We all win. And I want to tell you to be a part of a church where people are coming and growing spiritually and being changed. We will all win. Let's pray. Father, this is a big challenge. It's so easy to just come to church and do church and celebrate the fact that Christ died for us. But then we'll be making the same mistake the Hebrew Christians make. You want us to move on to filet mignon. You have big stuff you want to show us and teach us and do through us. And we want to be that kind of church. The church you want us to be where people become genuine disciples here. So we have to go back to ask for your help. We can't do it in our human power and we won't try. Please come here and work. Lead us. Lead this discipleship team. Show them how to be a church today that creates genuine disciples. I ask this in your son's name.